is. Welcome back to Midwest Girls. If this voice sounds different and not the norm to our normal, like, introducer, it's because it's, it is. <laughs> I, today, I'm going to be acting as, like, interviewer to the one and only Kylie Owens. Oh, geez. Yes. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. We had this other podcast planned for today, and then she texted me yesterday going, you know what? I I really feel I have to give my testimony in deeper detail, and I, I basically responded, then you should. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just because I feel like um, everything has always came from an infertility perspective, okay. and I'm just thinking there is so much more than just that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about we're, today. We're, we're going to dive into that, but then the next text was something <laughs> along the lines of this. <laughs> like we said before, we're like constantly texting. <laughs> Kylie goes, I'm going to start Christmas decorating today. And I went, are you ready? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the vibe. It's coming. And I'm basically like, I'm still in the boat of, I don't decorate before Thanksgiving, yes. but I can feel myself because I'm your friend even. Like someday it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be November 2nd and Meg's going to have everything up. <laughs> it's just going to inch by inch get closer. And I'm just like, I don't care. I am. <laughs> but I held off because it was 70 degrees yes. and it was like the perfect fall day. Yes. And so I just went with it. You held off. I did. It is unusually warm right now yeah it was after being like 40s last oh, week I, know. I was really you know i was feeling the christmas vibe yeah well. yeah now it's like oh <laughs> now okay. it's it kind of put a hindrance it's on it it's called the midwest yeah i mean if you're from the midwest you get it it's just summer i'm gonna say this wrong winter in the morning spring by the afternoon summer in the blah 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 what am i trying to say evening i can't do it i can't do it <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I personally like the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I think it's like winter, like early morning is like winter. And then like around 10, it's spring. But then about like noon, one-ish, it's like hot, blazing hot summer. And then like it gets closer to the evening, sun starts to go down. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, there's fall. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, why couldn't I spit that out? <laughs> Whatever. It happens. It's the evening. Okay. Yes. That's all right. So, I'm not, I, we digress. We Always. have a lot of fun. Yes. But, um, Kylie, you just want to take it away? Get yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, like I said, this is going to be kind of more of an expansion because if you've read like blogs or anything that I've written, it, you, you know, it comes from more of the infertility side of things. <clears throat> so, to start it off, so I grew up in a small town, northwest Ohio, um, great parents. I have a brother and sister. Um, we grew up really close. Um, we were always traveling for sports. Um, the joke is, especially to our, all of our spouses, um, that the people just joke about how we're so obsessed with McDonald's mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's because we basically lived in a van and we <laughs> would eat McDonald's <laughs> for every meal basically it's like your whole yes it's like our comfort food <laughs> I'm not kidding I think Derek has my brother has kind of grown out of it for the most part but yeah. my sister and I and my parents still were just like we just love McDonald's well didn't you just text me yesterday going I'm gonna go get a pop <laughs> yes 
I did. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> there is a different. I think there's crack in that. Box. That's like the fountain. Yes. They put something in the syrup. Yes. Or something. I know. It's just so addicting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So for the most part, oh no, I don't care. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so basically pretty normal life. Um, my parents really rooted us in the faith. Um, I mean, built a solid foundation for us. Um, gave my life to the Lord like 15 times. Cause you know, every time it came up, you just would pray and probably around like, I don't know, six, seven, eight, that era. Um, I'm really, you'll find out as we go through this, I'm really bad with timelines. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, I think anyone who thinks on their childhood, we take away these snippets, and the <laughs> timeline is probably, for all of us, a bit skewed. Yes. Like, this is what I remember. Right. <laughs> I think I was eight. Something like that. But really, I was 12. No. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not that far off. <laughs> but um, I think the biggest thing, like, out of my childhood that you'll really probably get at is I was a huge tomboy (laughs) Uh, my brother told his now wife that he thought I was a boy until the seventh grade (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like okay thanks (laughs) and (laughs) but then I would literally wear his old like well his hand-me-down clothes because I just would slick back my hair in a ponytail kind of like how it is now and but like straight back no part and it would be loaded with gel oh my gosh (laughs) And then I'd have, like, baseball shirts on oh. and baggy, uh, like, boy shorts. Nice. <laughs> but um, between that and I had a huge, huge imagination. Like, I would, like, pretend I was in movies or books all the time. Nice. So, like, the whole theme of my early life, I kind of put it together as, so I would hid, hide myself in, like, this fictional life and never really wanted to leave it. Oh. And then I had to actually allow get past myself and allow myself to just step out of the book that I was writing in my head I'm I'm like serious I would read I would like be a narrator in my head yes and so I then had to step out of that and jump into the book that God was writing for me and um he was writing for me before I even took my first breath like he had this plan for me and you'll see the slow process on me getting on that path and you'll see a lot of wandering around not like I was doing anything really that bad but I'd just be kind of like I'm just gonna do my own thing um so eventually made it out of middle school because that's kind of where I slowly got out of that big imagination stage Mm -hmm. um into high school um and this is kind of where my first like big challenge was faced faced because um well I was a three-sport athlete played volleyball basketball and softball (laughs) I was the president of our FBLA chapter um reporter of our FFA chapter and was on student council um and just kind of really dived into everything that I could and wanted to be a part of. And so it was my sophomore year of high school when I found out that I had some heart issues and had some blood pressure issues. Um, one day I was in basketball conditioning. So like just we do like, it's called the five minute drill. You had to run a suicide in under like 
45 seconds and so it was really horrible (laughs) but 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 i actually went down during it and had like seizure seizure type symptoms um nothing i don't like to say it was a seizure because i feel like they're a lot worse than what i was experiencing Mm -hmm. so i don't want to not that like take away there's different yes honestly and so i would consider this mild in my opinion yeah and um, just one thing led to another, and I ended up benched for the rest of that season. Hmm. And so I had to wear a heart monitor around, which is not fun, especially, like, the stickers. Like, they just kind of burn your – it almost, like, burn your skin, like, the adhesive on it. Oh, yeah. And so then I'd end up with, like, these – all these little round things on my chest. Yeah. And um, because it took – it honestly took them for what seemed like forever to me um, to kind of figure out – what like what was going on and then they figured out it was more my blood pressure and it was when they figured out this by they ran tests like they did the stress tests on the treadmill but they figured it out by using the tilt table test which I never heard of until this time and it was they strap you to the table and they basically yes they put you on there I was on it for like not even three minutes and I I dropped and you passed out yeah wow and yeah it went so my blood pressure dropped and it was 80 over 30 oh good grief so I was put on medicine and I was actually ready to go by bass or softball season sorry so the medicine just really helped and um and as long as I was taking that everything was going to be okay and so thankfully for the most part I've outgrown it um because it is kind of something that you can outgrow a mm-hmm. lot of kids actually there's more kids that or teens that deal with it than you would think oh. it's just like go 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 then you stop and then that's when your blood pressure just goes drops yeah crazy yeah and so I kind I feel it now sometimes but I know when to just kind of pull back yeah or mm. chill out that's why I don't really like I don't like to lift like really heavy things oh man and you're so active <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, like, I hate, like, so Seth always makes fun of me because I just hate picking up really heavy stuff. And he, he, I, he thinks I'm using it as an excuse. I'm like, no, because this is, triggers it. Oh, <laughs> Come on. oh, but anywho, speaking of Seth, during <laughs> this time, I had nothing else to do. So I was eyeing this cute boy who sat in a couple of rows in front of me at church. <laughs> um, at the time, I was 16 when I first noticed Seth. And I actually have to give all the credit to my mom and mother-in-law because I didn't think he would ever give me the time of day um, because I am eight years younger than him. <laughs> but he had me hooked with one wave in the parking lot and after telling my mom about the incident, she told Kim. And for two years, they plotted and teased me until I finally, um, it was the end of my senior year. And I actually got a message from a Rudy Owens. <gasps> and I'm like, I don't know who a Rudy Owens is. And so this was on Facebook because I wasn't, it turns, and anywho, I'm jumping ahead. So I'm like, who's Rudy Owens? And then I click on the profile picture. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Seth. And so I went running down the hallway to my mom's room and I said, he messaged me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, he messaged me. Side note here, me not being from this area. And then when we moved here, I legit thought probably for the first year to year and a half that Seth's name was Rudy. Yeah, everybody does. (laughs) Except me. (laughs) Oh, his name is Seth. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, and I, yeah, so I only knew him as Seth, and so, and, but his face, like, he went, like, so many people knew him as Rudy. His Facebook profile name was Rudy. <laughs> and um, so it was just funny. I, for, I kind of forget what I was saying there. Your, the key. Oh, I ran down the thing. Oh, you went to your mom. so the message, he wanted to ask me for my number at church. Oh. But this is how he had to ask me because I wasn't at church because I was at my graduation party. <laughs> 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 so that's kind of funny. At least he like sought you out. Yeah. Up. <laughs> yes. No, she's not here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but what's funny about this too is I kind of thought, I already knew before he even messaged me that I was going to marry him. And yeah. this is going to sound really stupid. Yeah. But I, so I went through this phase of playing the sign game with God. I'm like, give me a sign and I know what to do. And trust me, he didn't do everything like this. And I try to get him to do everything like this, but it doesn't work. Yeah. I, think he does, I think he maybe do that, does that when we're younger. Yeah. And then as we mature, he's like, you're, ba- you're past this. No. <laughs> we're, we're deeper than this. Yes. <laughs> you just need to listen. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And um, I was just like praying for my future husband. And that I go, can you please give me like a little hint of who he might be or like maybe like you know some characteristic or something mm-hmm. like that and um immediately then like it was like the one song ended and the next song played and it was the song that was playing when he waved at me oh and so i'm like i'm gonna marry him and then two weeks later he messaged me what was the song um till my last day by justin moore oh i love that song so that's his ringtone till this day Aww. if i ever turn my phone off a of silent <laughs> yeah true um, so I guess at this point, I kind of just wish I, at this point in my life, I was rooted enough to appreciate God for who he was then. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I appreciated his willingness to answer my prayers, uh, when I was furthest away from him. Like I said, like, not because of anything in particular other than I just wasn't living for him. You were young, and I think with youth, we just kind of, it's not that we don't love the Lord. There's there's so much developing in the brain, yes. and we're, we even can't comprehend the consequences fully of something, I think, until the age of 22. Yeah. Like, that part of the brain develops. Yeah. And so, <laughs> to, for a teenager to take God seriously, even though they may love him, is, yeah. is a rare thing. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that a good way yes. of saying it? Yes. So, you, it's not that you didn't love the Lord. It's yeah. that it wasn't something like it is now. Right, right. And I think that's like just the, yeah, just like looking back to what, as I was kind of like writing this out and like thinking through everything, I was so hard on myself and critiquing. I'm like, why didn't I do this? And then I was just like, I wish I would have truly understand how much stood he, how much he just loved me and who I was created to be then. Mm-hmm. Um, because then I would have had, would have realized every step that I had taken up to this point was full of purpose and he was already culture cultivating my story and I was just really too naive to realize it but it's I mean the beauty of it is that he's patient with us yes. and he guides us so why we the the temptation is to be hard on ourselves I mm-hmm. think that's just an illustration of his un like his unending love it's yes. like even when you are I mean not that you were but I in my own life even when I was an idiot <laughs> The Lord still loved me. And we we don't appreciate at the time, but then I think when we realize his amazing grace and how it just covers every sin, you're like, oh, 
you're like, thank you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. And yeah. Um, I think also like where I was really hard on myself, cause I honestly would opt to hang out with my parents on the weekends. Mm-hmm. A lot of times during school, I was just, I just wanted to chill out and thinking about all that time that kind of was just wasted. I could have really been like diving into the word and like just choosing to serve him more and just, you know, just get more into him and be centered in him earlier in life. But, you know, like you said, like you're given, you're showing grace in this situation. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> but hey, if you're a teenager and you're listening to this, take, take the wisdom from Kylie and focus. Don't put so much focus on the things that give temporary pleasure, mm-hmm. I guess the way you say it. Right. Uh, boys, girls. Uh, the next part, you know, yeah, the, the next, next part, <laughs> yes, yes, um, put you know, put the Lord first, right? Um, so jumping back to the time to the timeline, I graduated high school. Um, Seth asked me to be his gal pal, that's oh, literally how he said it. He got, I go because actually, how this came up was, and he's so awkward in situations like this, it's hilarious. Um, I go, so are we like official? I like just came out and said it because you never really asked me. He goes, oh, I didn't think I had to ask you. I'm like, Aww. yeah, you got to ask me. You did the same thing to Jack. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's because so we were both so young. Yeah. I, oh, you, t- you finished. I'll tell mine. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, so we were actually re- watching the Reds and Indians game at home at mom and dad's. And, um, I remember just like, yeah, you got to ask me. And he goes, will you be my gal pal? (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh. But then he's like, yes. Yes, I will. (laughs) I thought you'd never ask. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I did the same thing to Jesse. I really did. It was before a, I was a senior in high school when Jesse and I started dating. And it was on the phone before my Christmas concert. And I went, so like, are we? Girlfriend and boyfriend, he was like, Well, yeah. And I remember I went to that concert, I was like, Yeah, yeah, boy. <laughs> And what's funny, so I was like just fresh off my senior yeah. year too, because yeah. well, because that weekend we ended up going to state for our softball team, mm-hmm. and so right after that I had to leave for Bell Fountain to I was moved to Bell Fountain to be a church camp counselor yeah. right out of high school, and so I think that's why I'm like I I need, need this official yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, so funny. Oh my gosh, oh our brains work so similar. It's yeah. scary. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so this is where I kind of like, this is the camp I grew up going to. And then in years past, I was a junior counselor, which just meant you were there for an, a week to help out the like the college student counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I kind of felt more of my call to ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, I had like an, a, I feel like an inkling a little bit before this, but that when I went here, this was like the very first big call. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, it does. Um, and so during this time, um, you know, Seth and I would see each other, but not that often we'd see each other on weekends. So we actually pen palled back and forth. We wrote all the letters. Do you have them still? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that in our relationship, just kind of being able to start off our relationship, it sounds weird for like being apart almost two to three months i think it almost made i think it was good it made you stronger yeah mm. excuse me i just burped <laughs> and um but yeah because i now we're just like a couple of 10 year olds that live together and it's just because it's he's just, yeah he's just so fun oh yeah 
And um, I think during this time too, um, I just really realized that he was the guy for me because of just who like he was and meaning like he would, he was exactly what I needed. And God knew that because he, I needed somebody that would handle all my crazy ideas. And, um, like I, I'm, I'm always throwing stuff at him and he's just like, well, go do it, (laughs) do it, do it. And so I'm like, okay. That's great. (laughs) And, um, but yeah, so it's just crazy. Like that part of our, like how it all happened. Well, what I love what you did is you actually prayed for your husband yeah. before you knew who, you know, who he was. Then you had an inkling from the sign, but that's something you did. And yeah. I think that people, if you're hearing this, you know, pray for your future spouse. I, mm-hmm. I remember someone told me to do that and I did as well. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And I, re- I think what really started that, I remember, I don't, I was talking to my parents about something and for some reason that topic came up. And they said, well, we pray for you guys as future spouses daily. And I'm like, oh, well, I should pray for mine. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's um, I th- it's so important just because I think then you're more, you won't, I don't think you'll find yourself in situations that you don't want to be in and relationships that you don't want to pursue. You take it a little more seriously. Yes. It's like, you know, I'm trusting in the Lord to provide for this prayer. And yeah. And you don't. I guess the way to say it, almost say it is you won't settle mm-hmm. for anything less than yes. that, than what could be what the Lord has for you. Right. And don't settle for less. No. Than that. <laughs> yes, oh. please no. Please don't. It's worth it. To yes. Wait. Yes. Um, but okay, so eventually I came home from camp, obviously, then I moved to college a couple weeks later. Um, received a, a scholarship to play softball, um, mm-hmm. and I decided to go for it because I honestly was highly considering uh, going into the military, um, doing ROTC programs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was kind of thinking Ohio State, um, but then I ended up going to UNOH, which is like 30 minutes from home, yeah. and I played softball and when you play college sports that's your job Mm -hmm. that's what you do um they give you everything you want and ever could even imagine from equipment to daily like things you might need daily um and so that part of the job was getting up at five every morning (laughs) to go and get ready at for 6 a.m lifting and conditioning and then that was (laughs) oh Oh. (laughs) musician over here going oh Then on top of that, after classes, that we would actually have our practice, and so I'm like, okay, whatever, all right, I'm there. So you were just very busy. Yeah, it's just a life thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so eventually, we get through our fall season, um, the holidays, and then January hits, and we're starting everything, get back up and running because we left for Florida in March over spring break into play, um, and then when. It, one day during lifting in January, um, my I actually went down during conditioning again and had like a seizure type thing. Oh my goodness! So I ended up getting bitched again. <laughs> um, and then so on top of everything else, the call of all that, and I kind of knew, my parents and me already knew kind of what it was, and we're just like, no, we need to go here. The college wanted to send me to a neurologist, mm. so I did. It was horrible. Um, the guy was a jerk. He made my mom cry during one of our visits. Oh. And he ended up, like, giving me injections in the back of my head 
like at the nape of my neck. And it, I'm not kidding. I felt it was like I was drunk or something for like two days. I don't know what it was. To the, I mean, obviously, probably my parents do, but I can't. Even, I couldn't even tell you what it was. Good to know. It was about a week after that I realized I was just done, so, which kind of shocked me because sports was always a part of my life, but I was ready just to hang up the cleats. Um, I was sick of being pro- poked and prodded and sick of being sick, and I was just honestly ready to just graduate and get married. <laughs> I was just ready. And um, so I went to the, through the rest of my freshman year of spring season and told my coach afterwards, and we kind of, like, we had a heart-to-heart, and she actually let me keep my scholarship for another year, um, and I just would set up practices and stuff like that. Um, so, like, during that time, after a year of dating, Seth proposed, and we were engaged for a year, and so a, right bef- the week before we got married, I finished my associate's degree. I graduated my associate's degree. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff I said just now <laughs> are just kind of like bits and pieces, and I don't talk about them a whole lot because I was just wandering around. There wasn't isn't really much to it other than I wasn't because I wasn't stuck in a hole somewhere, <laughs> but I wasn't even like really obviously close to perfect, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of wandering around looking for a purpose. And at this point, it's like you know I think a lot of kids that age because I was twenty one. Yeah, don't you feel like yeah. those young years once <laughs> you're out of high school are kind of like almost the scariest? Yeah, you're like, what am I doing? I'm yes. not a kid anymore. Yeah, what do I want to do with my life? Yeah, like uh, that's a stressful. Time. Right. I remember feeling that. I think it's because I just this and sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> I really just wanted to get married. My goal always was to get married young, and I was excited because that was happening. And the only really thing I could think outside of that is I knew I had a passion for missions and helping people in that aspect. Mm-hmm. And so, other than that, I didn't know how to do that, but I knew I was getting married. So everything else, I was just kind of like, do do do. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? It's a, it's possible like looking back now because I can think in times of my life those were the true passions the Lord had put on your heart yeah you know you actually followed them yeah that's that's good yeah and um yeah I know that writing this at the time it's like it doesn't feel like you chose that but it's just kind of how he made you you yes I'm saying like yes you followed how he does who he designed you to be right right that's a good way to put it yeah um thanks Oh my gosh. Some of this, you guys, like as well as I know Kelly, some of this is news to me. Like I had no idea if she was passing out having seizures. So you're hearing me going, oh. (laughs) It's because like I legit, I just don't talk about it. (laughs) I just never, like I'm like, oh, you know, like if it never came up. (laughs) Yeah. No, you do good. Um, but so right after we got married, I found I found out I re, or not found out I received a job as a Christian education director as at our church, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I got to play. I mean, I got to be with kids all the time, mm-hmm. and it was basically having fun for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day I was walking the halls of the church and looking back over my life and thinking, I don't have a testimony. <laughs> and I'm like, I have no testimony. <laughs> and um, so I literally like said out loud and demanded God, this is probably, this is where it really all originates. I go, I demanded <laughs> to God that God would give me a testimony. 
And um, what a crazy, the crazy thing about that is a couple of weeks later, we started realizing that we were struggling to get pregnant. And I was actually starting to be filled with this like toxic desire to please everybody mm-hmm. is the easiest way to put it. Cause there's like just different things, like different friend groups. I would like just doing different things to like basically a version, social version of keeping up with the Joneses type stuff. Hmm. Like not like just buying things, but like, you know, just like acting different ways. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, on top of all that, about six months later, it's like I demanded this and everything kind of like went to crap. <laughs> Isn't it funny though? Because I remember in my my testimony podcast, I said the same thing. I basically challenged God yeah. and you demanded. I think that there's a point in our life where we go, I need to know who you are. Yes. And I, I'm going to say that's the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, like drawing you in, but yes. in a way it's... I don't know. It's not. It's not like we're being mean, but it almost feels like, hey, show yourself. Show yourself. Yeah. yeah. Show yourself. And then he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> frozen. Um, yeah, frozen. Um, but I think that's when God goes, all right. That's my kid. Yeah. She's being serious. Yeah. And shows up. He's like, okay, I got you. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're like, oh no, no, oh, no. <laughs> But not really. Uh, no, it is a crazy ride. But when you re- once you realize you're on it, you're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. how faithful! Uh, is yes, he? yes. Um, but yeah, so six months later, I actually resigned from my position because of a few leadership issues at the church at the time. And honestly, I was just seriously so immature and lacking in my walk, personal walk with God. Um, he had to take me out of ministry to actually be able to rebuild me in a sense. Um, so he could place me back into the, in the position he put me in four years ago, because you know, but if anybody listening doesn't know, I actually made my way back to almost basically the very same position. There's like a little tweaks, but mainly it's more like, it's just the kids and I can actually, um, it's just, it's instead of Christian ed, it's children's ministry director or something like that. I can't remember. Well, and it's funny because I think I must have, I don't know how long the interim was between where you left and I came on staff. Yes. But we both worked at the same church and like to this day. We missed each other. I see it anymore and I'm like, I never got to work with Kelly. I, I don't work there anymore. Yes. But so she left, I came on, I left, she went back. <laughs> We just keep missing each other. But we're still friends. Yes. Like, we're <laughs> And it was funny because, like, I knew of you, but I didn't know you. And so it was just like, you know, like, when you don't really know somebody, yeah. you'd like, like, oh, hey. Like, like, oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just funny, like, who knew, like, we would be doing, like, we're, like, as close as we are now. Yeah. And we're doing uh, the Project 6-8 ministry together. It's just funny. God's wild. fun. It is. <laughs> um, but, oh, anyway, so after the church, I accepted the position as an agronomist, which is technically what I kind of went to school for. Um, and then I actually finished my bachelor's degree online um, during that time, and I was there for two years. Um, during that time, that's when I really kind of rekindled my love for writing. Um, I would write all the time when I was younger, and I actually have, like, comp, like, not thousands, but like 
a good amount of composition notebooks just filled from beginning to end of like fictional stories I would write. (laughs) And I would just, yeah, it's, yeah, my brain was weird. (laughs) And, um, and I just kind of had laid it down for a while. And I honestly, even though I was a mess, writing helped me a lot when it came to the infertility stuff in the beginning. Um, I actually found my Actually, I found my prayer for patience in Ooh. an old journal. I just actually, I opened it up and I'm like, oh, there's a couple of pages. I'll fill this out. And I was going through, there's only like 20 pages filled. And I'm like, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Because um, when you pay, do not be naive when you pray for patience. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Lord will grant that prayer yeah. and he will teach you patience. And um, it's just crazy how far I've come in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm still a little loose cannon sometimes. But. Well, but you, no, I see what you're saying. You've come far. You can see that growth in your life. But yeah, yeah she's right. If you, the way God teaches you is like uh, hands on. Yes. <laughs> yes. And he will, he will teach you how to be patient. Yes, he will. By putting some stuff in your life. Yes, he will. Yeah. Um, and so at the same time, it, yeah, it has this beautiful outcome because I'm not the same person I was when I left the church position four right. years ago. Um, it's always for your good. Yes. Happy yeah. Cause, um, I'm so much stronger in my faith. Um, I'm just more confident all around. Um, I know who God truly is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my identity is in Christ and so much more because of it. Um, so if I'm thinking correctly, we should be like 2017 yeah. <laughs> or almost 2018 at this point yeah. in the timeline. Um, and this is where it actually kind of gets really good because I actually talk finally talk more about Jesus. <laughs> um, but around this time, uh, we found out that my mother-in-law had pancreatic cancer. Um, and I honestly don't remember them telling us. Um, I have this, I don't know why, it's probably some like weird protection mode that I just put up I don't remember I'm telling us this um but I remember getting family pictures done shortly after and I remember that's when we really started seeing like the effects of like her treatments and stuff Mm -hmm. because she was just she was a tiny person anyway but she was just like really 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 frail at that time and um yeah I was just basically it was almost like I was denying it like my natural instinct was to guard myself by denying nope nothing's wrong and I would just yeah I would just act like nothing was wrong and for a long time she was okay for like she would go through treatments but it almost seemed like it wasn't serious or at least that's how I played it in my brain Mm -hmm. um she was still up and moving and doing her thing like she was always on the go I was able to talk to her every day um because that's the time we um moved the animals to the farm and um I would, we would just I'd go there every day to feed. And so I would be in the kitchen and talking and stuff like that. Um, because as all, and because all this was going on, we actually moved out of the house that we were living in and moved in with my parents. And we were attempting uh, to build and three contractors fall, fell through, by the way. Um, and then we just started looking to buy, but we'll come back to that later because that kind of rounds out more of the end of the story. Um, but at this point in my life, I'm like 23, 24, my mother-in-law has cancer. My husband and I are in our small dog are living with my parents, uh, contractor and co- after contractors falling through 
Uh, we're trying to expand our livestock farm. We're in the depths of infertility, our infertility journey at this point. I was a mess. I was depressed before even moving in with my parents. <laughs> and then it just kind of felt like my life was just vaporizing around me. Mm. Um, thinking about it now, moving in with my parents actually, I think, actually helped my mental health more than anything because nobody really knew what I was going through. I didn't even really realize what I was going through when it came to, like, just – I didn't really – nobody really – I don't think – now people are more aware – but I wasn't even aware of like mental health, yeah, kind of thing. When your when your mind is clouded, anyways, mm-hmm. I think you're kind of the last person <laughs> to think I have a problem. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like right. something's not right. I, that's how I felt because I had postpartum yes. depression. Yeah, and it it took my like crying, <laughs> standing in front of a window and crying on Mother's Day, of all things going. I should be happy right now. Like, yes. Like, anywho, not about this is not about me. But when you're in that mental state, I think it's. You don't recognize it. No, no. And it wasn't until one day I was driving from field to field. So this is something, like, this is the part of the story that most people might know. Um, But, like, field to field, driving, um, checking the crops. That's what I did for a living. I just, you know, looked at plants. Um, (laughs) For a couple of months, I honestly was just starting to really crave the Lord. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I, during this whole thing, I was still going to church every Sunday, even at the same church that I left, um, and everything, but I was just truly just going through the motions. Um, I was hurt. So I turned, um, I was just, yeah, I was just hurt. Um, but then I turned on the radio, um, and I turned it to WBCL and the songs Giants Fall came on and it I was putting really close attention to the words and all of a sudden I just started crying <laughs> and I pulled off the road because I just started banging the steering wheel and I'm just like sobbing at this point. So I couldn't see. And it's like the really, the first conversation I tr- had with God in a really long time, it seemed like, and I know it was probably true. Um, and I just screamed at the top of my lungs. There's a lot of screaming in my story. <laughs> and I was just like, why have you forgotten me? Why have you left me? Um, why don't you love me? I just got out, just got everything out that I had been feeling. And I didn't know fully that I had been feeling all of that. Mm. Um, then kind of like a little light bulb going off. Uh, I realized this was not God's fault. God's fault. <laughs> but mine... Um, I had been wandering around in circles for years, turning my eyes in the other direction because I was ignorant and too ignorant to see what was before me. Mm. And that is when um, I heard the Lord just speak to my heart and say, sometimes you have to climb a little higher on the mountain that you have been praying to be moved. And I just kind of slumped back in my seat and I was just in awe because that was the really the true first time I remember hearing from the Lord. Not like I heard an audible voice, but like just, you knew. You, yeah. And you do, you just know. And um, I, at that point I knew I was changed mm-hmm. and my life was his. And a couple of months later, I was actually baptized with Adam. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> Our lives just keep intertwining. Yes. Adam's her son. Yeah. So, um, I know I I but I totally remember yes. it now. Wow. So yeah, isn't it crazy? I'm so glad though um 
mom, I remember wanting to be baptized when I was little, but mom, because my cousin just got baptized and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. But mom said no. And she wanted me to choose it later. That's yeah. And that's kind of cool. She did that because I did get baptized when I was little and I even had the, I know that my life is the Lord's, but I understand so much more now and I love him. Yeah. I, for me, he goes, your commitment it's all right yes <laughs> yes <laughs> so, but I think that's awesome yes oh but um so I just dove into the word um and became began educating myself like I never had before and because at that point uh and I'm probably being hard on myself but I almost was like I didn't know anything past like the Sunday school lessons mm-hmm. and at least you know what yeah like it, it kind of seems that way to me the verse that came to me, if I may interrupt for a minute, yeah. when you said you were banging the steering wheel and you're just like yelling at the Lord, um, and it's the first line you really felt you heard from him. Mm-hmm. The verse that came to me was, um, he hears our groanings mm-hmm. and that's like the Holy Spirit intervenes yeah. in that moment. And when you don't even know what to pray. Yeah. So while you were yes. yelling, I think probably so much more was coming yes. out of you. Like I didn't even know I was this, you know, like <laughs> yeah. just right and god was like there <laughs> here we go there it is <laughs> now let's get real I'm yes like, no you're right like, that's the, when you, all you're saying that i'm like that's that's what happened to yes you. yeah oh my god. he met you in a real way yeah and uh yeah i and I, we'll get back to what i was just about to say Sorry. but we'll, no 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 it was me i was trying to jump um ahead but um Yeah, so then I just started praying for direction. I prayed for the realization of gifts um, so I could serve him. And that is when he told me to pick up my pen and write. Mm. Um, So I started writing about our infertility journey. Um, which turned into a blog. That blog was huge. <laughs> yes. Like, I remember seeing that blog and going, whoa, look at everyone that's, wow. I don't know this girl, but I'm like, whoa. <laughs> well, I never, ever thought I would write a blog. Honestly, so here's my confession. I made fun of bloggers. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, that blog... I, so I looked it up and it was read over uh, 2,100 times. Wow. And so that was just insane. And it moved me, you know, and I, I liked you. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I was, I didn't know you well. Yeah, no. I commented. And yeah. you've shared your heart. Oh my goodness. I had no idea. Yeah. It touched people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that was, that's just like the, I don't know. All these are like the little breakthroughs of everything. I'm like, just like the beginning, because that ended up birthing Project 6-8. That was the first step of all that. Hmm. Um, but so right after that, I started working. That's when I started writing the little book that I wrote. <laughs> and um, around the same time, I had the book basically done. And my, mo- my mother-in-law and father-in-law were going to California for a certain type of treatment. Um, we ended up staying there at the house um, and house sitting at the farm um, for two weeks. Uh, before they left, that's when they actually asked us to move in um, because they wanted to uh, kind of get somewhere cleaner for Kim um, because it, our, the house is over 100 years old. So, I mean, even even if it's clean, like as, you can clean it however much you want. There's always stuff, I get it. junk yeah. there. <laughs> yes. Our first house was like that yeah you clean and you clean but there's always it's just an old house yes 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 
Um, and then so about after a week of us staying there, I just felt so at home and so at peace. And I remember thinking, this is it. This is our home. And we prayed together in the kitchen um, that this would happen. Excuse me. I keep, now it's me this today exactly. burping. <laughs> and um, that we'd take over the farmhouse and Kim and Terry would find somewhere cleaner and easier to upkeep. Because it is. It's just hard, especially when, when like you're sick. Um, around the same time, I officially launched Project 6-8. Um, it started as an email-based Bible study. Um, over 125 people signed up the very first day. And so if you're listening today, you may have realized how far it's come in its two years of life, meaning Project 6-8, because now you and Beth are on board. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the podcast. Um and every, like we have a blog every week mm -hmm. and in the table talks and we're just kind of just really grow, growing it. Yeah. Um, and we have plans for the future, Lord willing. Um, Project 6-8 is based on the verse Isaiah 6-8, which is, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Um, this is when I just really felt my complete call at the point to share at this point, to share the good news, um, the Great Commission, um, as it talks about in Matthew 28, 19, about going to make disciples, Mark 15, 16, um, and other, really other places mm -hmm. in the uh, gospel messages. And I f finally found myself, and only because I realized that my identity was not set in this world, but in Christ. Um all the pain and suffering I was feeling here will one day just go away mm. and I will get to stand face to face with my Savior, Jesus Christ. And I can't tell you how much that motivates me to even now. Yeah. Um, because I was just like, I, then I was wandering around like a little duck <laughs> looking for water. Like, you know, you have ducks, they're yeah. like obsessed with water. Yeah. And so, um, but just like thinking about, like, I just think about different things now and just how. Oh, I don't have to worry about that if, once I'm in heaven. Oh, it's so great. It's so it? great. Um, but I just pray that he's pleased with how I'm living my life now after being reborn through him. And so that's just how my mind has shifted. It's just to please him. Um, not because I'm perfect, not because I know everything, but because even in the little bit I have, um, I automatically give it to him and ask him, what do you want me to do with this? Um, that's like everything that I do. Um, I think this is why this, oh, this is where I almost said this to you earlier where you're like, this song made me cry. Oh. And I'm like, this is where I might cry because the song Little Drummer Boy really made me cry yesterday. And it made me really realize how much I relate to the Little Drummer oh, Boy. But, um, so, like, you know, because this little boy, he's watching these wise men give him the frankincense, gold, myrrh, and he's kind of, he just kind of is, like, looking around thinking, I don't, ha what do I have to give? Like, I am just a poor boy. Then he looks at his drum and, and he goes, I can play for him. And he, and this is something, I'm like, this is something I'm good at. This is what I have. I can play this song for him and I'm going to give him everything I have. 
And so that song, I don't know why I just all of a sudden like realized the message of that song, but I'm just like, oh my gosh. It is. And you know, the beautiful thing about that song is Jesus goes, that's all I want. I know. It's it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I want from you. I just want you and what you, how I, I delight in how I created you. Yes. Now use it for me. Yes. It's beautiful. Yes, I know. And it's so underrated there's so many people are like I don't like that song I'm like how can't you like that song (laughs) (laughs) actually made fun of last I was like but you could be the little (laughs) I have like these visions of him being the little (laughs) oh my gosh that's so funny oh my gosh but I just think it's so important to realize that Jesus did not come for the rich and the healthy but for the poor and the sick and Matthew actually talks about how it's harder for a rich man um to get into heaven and why because um they don't really think they need anybody else um I can do it yeah I have everything I need um and that's just really a quick way of putting it um that's why it's been laid on my heart and why I'm so passionate about reaching the spiritually sick because it is that is who Christ came for Mm -hmm. and he came to redeem and restore and to love Mm -hmm. and love has been the word of the year, but not because of everybody else saying love, love, love. No, but it's been true. Love has been like really laid on my heart lately because I'm not good at it. (laughs) Well, you know, like it's, it's, it's really easy. Yes. It's really easy to turn a blind eye. And yeah. so, and I've just been convicted. No, like, stop. Like, this is it. This is what you're supposed to do. This is who I came for. Love on them. That's, that's so convicting, honestly, because it's how often do I just get caught up in my everyday and just do this, do that, do this. And do I take the time to just stop and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Right. What do you want me to do today? How do you want me to love? Yeah. Someone. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just, it is, it's easy to get wrapped up in just day-to-day things. Um, so as I was being refined, <laughs> I was able to talk to Kim a lot about what was going on. And, uh, we were officially told the house was ours. And we'd also discuss like what we would do, uh, what I was going to do with the house. And I'm like, shiplap, shiplap, shiplap. <laughs> um, it's beautiful. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, things were going pretty great. Um, Kim was doing great. And actually I remember the spirit just kind of washing over me and saying, you're almost there. And so, and so I'm still, I'm like, okay, I'm still almost there, I think, <laughs> after a year, or I don't know how long it's been now. I don't remember where I am in the time frame. <laughs> I was still the worship director. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like two years. Yeah. Coming up on probably. Yes. Yep, it is. Mm-hmm. March. Um, That is when I randomly applied for a marketing position at our local performing arts center. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the ad on Facebook. Um, I had been at my job for two years, and I honestly just felt like I wasn't moving or growing career-wise where I was. Um, I was also praying for a bigger platform. And at the time, and I didn't realize this then, how public this position in the community, um, this marketing position was. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just needed a change and something that would really push me, and I knew I would definitely get that with this position. 
when I had no experience whatsoever in marketing, I had no graphic design portfolio. Um, there was a lot of other applicants who actually had portfolios and yet somehow I still got the job. Um, and that position transformed me into a new person in both career, the career realm and um, just my personal skills and just and as a person in general, mm -hmm. um, I learned so much there and it allowed me just to access and grow skills that I had, but I didn't know I had. Um, it was an all around great experience, even though it was a little stressful due to the high paced environment. Mm -hmm. And that's just what you get in corporate America. Cause that's what, who I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, so now we're in like the beginning of 2019 mm -hmm. and uh, I actually kicked off the year with pneumonia. Uh, got got over it, thankfully, uh, because a couple of weeks later, that's when our world was kind of rocked when Kim uh, was at a high school basketball game and she was perfectly fine one moment. And later that night, she was rushed to the hospital because she was vomiting blood. And I mean, blood was coming out everywhere. Mm. Um, she was immediately put in the ICU. Um, they drained her belly that was full of blood. And I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, oh. um, she lost 21 pints or that's how many they put in her. But maybe that's like the same. I don't know. I really can't remember specifically. Um, I just remember like being in the IC room. I see, I see room. It was icy. ICU room. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a bucket behind her bed and there was just a tube like dripping blood into it. Mm. Um, and it was just like a very long night and then a couple of days and the doctors actually told us to say our goodbyes because once she was taken off like this certain machine, I think she was kind of like on a life support type machine. Um, but it wouldn't be much like basically they told us she, as soon as we turn this off, she'll, she'll be gone like within minutes. And so, you know, we did. And um, next thing you know, 10 minutes went by, then an hour, then three hours, then five hours. And none of the doctors or nurses was doing anything except they moved her into hospice. And so it almost took a day for anybody to really actually do anything. Mm -hmm. um, we asked if there was anything they would do because she seemed to be just fighting yeah. and she was really fighting hard and she wasn't awake yet but um eventually they did end up doing something and started her on different treatments and she eventually woke up and the very first thing she did when she woke up was ask seth and i if we were having triplets <laughs> oh. <laughs> i know and so i'm like maybe she talked to god when she was in like incoherent in or something but we all had a good laugh at it because everybody in the room, like cousins, aunt, like everybody, and we're ch everybody just looked at us and we're like, oh, oh. Nah. <laughs> no. Um, but she was, in, Kim was able to eventually come home after about a month. Um, she was very weak. Um, she was just fighting with everything she had. I found myself distancing, though, at this time. Um, it was like everyone knew what was coming um, and everyone reacted differently. Mm -hmm. And which is normal. I found myself retracting and holding everything in and acting like nothing was different. I, um, cause I've never been a part of anything that painful or like just watching somebody you love basically wither away. Um, and I think that's why I struggle to remember some details. It's such a traumatic thing, honestly. Yeah. I think that there's just so much the brain can process yeah. during something like that. Yeah. 
Um, and then so about a month after coming home, Kim ended up going back to the hospital due to bleeding. And they attempted a procedure and she never woke up. Um, she went into like a coma state and she was kind of like that for about a week. Mm. Um, we think she had a stroke during the procedure. But on March 14th, my sister's birthday, and two days after starting my new job, uh, Kim ended up Kim ended up passing away in the middle of the night. And um, I remember the phone ring. I knew this is where if I cried, this would be the part I cried on. Um, if I I remember the phone ringing and instantly woke up thinking like she's gone. Um, it was just that weird time of night, and this is why I hate phone calls at night. Um, it was Ryan. Um, who's a sister for those of you who don't know um telling him that she was gone and i can't even imagine <laughs> telling your siblings that um but seth instantly just like wept never really seen him cry before that point and i was just like frozen and whew, I didn't. <laughs> um, I didn't know what to do immediate, but I immediately wanted to fix it. Yeah. And um, like somehow I could fix it, <laughs> but I couldn't obviously. And the only thing I could do was pray for over my family, and for my husband. And it was just like a fog <clears throat> washed over our lives for a couple of months. And grief's just weird. It is. It is. And um, we only made it through because of the love God has for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, hard part. It's over. It's still, <laughs> still, it's, 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 it's still fresh. Yes. Um, so we have, at this point, we obviously hadn't moved to the farm yet. We were still with my parents at this point. Um, Seth's dad actually re-asked us to move in the day after Kim passed away. But we waited until about June to start redoing the upstairs and then moved in when it was done and then continued the process throughout the house. And we're still doing it. <laughs> um, when Kim was going through everything, we were still attempting infertility treatments and hopping around from doctor to doctor, um, just kind of racking up the bills. <laughs> and it honestly got so overwhelming. We just stopped in the middle of what we were doing and we just stopped going um, because basically after three and a half years, we took four years, we just kind of hit a wall. Um, so this brings us to, um, our fostering journey. Um, Seth has a brother and sister-in-law that adopted three kids. Um, so he was more familiar with that kind of situation, but they didn't, so they were able to, they didn't have an agency or anything. They were able to just adopt them straight yeah oh straight through no there wasn't oh i'm sorry it was like basically the mom signed off on him oh that's right just like went to the court it was really easy yeah (laughs) well you know i don't want to make it sound easy but like it's a not a common thing i should say Mm -hmm. um especially to happen three times um so he was really comfortable and familiar with the concept of um adoption and and fostering because I, I well no they weren't yeah they were fostering they were foster parents at this point too um and I really wasn't <laughs> um it made me nervous because um not because our nephews and nieces are 
or nephews and nieces bad, but because they were brought up from babies, like they've known no different. Um, they, you know, but if you get an older child there, that is a hundred percent, that's a game changer. Like they can, like they might remember. Mm -hmm. And I could only think of it as a negative. Um, and we don't have $40,000 to straight up adopt a child through an agency. Mm-hmm. So we'd have to do it through foster care. And I will 100% admit that this wasn't even my second choice. This was like my third choice. Um, because obviously I wish we could have had it by biolo- Yeah, natural. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have adopted, went through an agency if we could have. And then, yeah, foster care was the last. Sad, the last option, but my perspective on it has completely changed. Um, but because Seth was so sure of it, um, and even though I was extremely hesitant, we started the process of getting our license, and it took us about six months to complete overall, and we were just waiting, and we still are waiting on our first placement. Um, even though we haven't had the opportunity to actually have a kiddo in our home, um, I'm already finding myself fighting for these kids and their welfare. Um, the situations that they are put on put in are just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's horrible. No child should ever experience anything like some of these kids are experiencing. I mean, there's two-year-olds taking care of their baby siblings, yeah. and it's just ridiculous. Your heart's ready to, to minister to them. Yes. Um, and so this really bothered me. Um, just like this process and everything. Um, and basically, um, just trying to figure out what to do next. Um, I had a lot of things on my mind and I needed answers. Um, so I felt a call to fast for three days. Um, so I did it and it was refreshing, even though it was a struggle. (laughs) Um, but I reconnected with the Lord after all the grief and just the trauma of life at that time. Um, I just need to refocus on him. Mm-hmm. I asked him to reveal a few different things to me, and he did. But in return, he just asked me to truly trust him. And I said, okay, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Where you lead, I will go, and I won't think twice. And then I did a three-month fast and then a six-weeks fast of social media, which you joined me I, on. I did. <laughs> and it was so refreshing. It was great. Oh, it was amazing. Like, we know you're going to get this podcast through social media. Yes, but, <laughs> but we hate social media. <laughs> <laughs> but it's our platform. It's, it's our platform. <laughs> uh, it's you, the way to get things out to the world. It now. really it just, is. It just is. It just is. Um, but even though I was nervous to get off social media for six weeks, because at that point, I've been praying for a platform for so long, um, and I was spent about a year at this point to build it to where it was, mm-hmm. um, but he reminded me who gave me the platform, yeah. and it was him. So I turned it off for six weeks, and like I said, I had never had a better six weeks in my adult life. <laughs> it was during that time I got the answer on how to expand Project 6-8, and that's when um, you and Beth joined. Mm-hmm. And you both of you were just laid on my heart kind of instantly. Mm. Um, then the scamdemic hit. That's what I'm... <laughs> I don't. I, I was obviously salty when I made this oh. note. <laughs> I said the scamdemic. <laughs> um, mumble, mumble. <laughs> yes. Well, it's just such a weird time. I mean, who would have thought we'd ever be in a situation no. like this? No. <sighs> real. It's just stupid. <laughs> It, it, 99.8 survival rate. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, 
but it's something we have to deal with. Um, yeah. And like, I guess why I just want to play off of it is like, who would have thought? Yeah. Sitting in our small group this time last year. Yeah. That we would have been where we are right now. Right. Seriously. Yeah. Beat one in ministry together, but two in a pandemic. Yes. A Eggs. Pandemic. <laughs> Anyway, we digress. I digress. <laughs> when um, the governor shut down Ohio, the Performing Arts Center Sorry. took it. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't laughing at that. I was laughing at Meg. Me? <laughs> it's a ruler here. Uh, um, <laughs> um, but the Performing Arts Center obviously took a hit. They're still not open. Um, we are guaranteed paid through June. Um, because of a grant, um, but the whole time I kind of just felt something coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember telling you, Beth, multiple times. <laughs> like, I even applied for a job two days before I found out that my position was eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I wanted to leave, but because I felt like I needed to prepare kind of thing. Yeah. Um, at the end of June, though, Seth, my mom, dad, and I went to Texas to visit my aunt and uncle. And I don't know. I just love Texas. But I think I'm a Texas Texan by heart. You probably <laughs> And I just love the South in general. Um, but I – what was I going to say? Oh, so when we came – I actually was telling you guys. I remember. Um, Something's going to – something about Texas is going to change me. Yeah, and like, yeah, when I get back from Texas, something's going to happen, it. and it's, I know it's going to be good. Yeah. And so we get back from Texas, and um, maybe a week after we're back, my boss pulls me in and tells me that my position was going to be eliminated. Mm. And, yeah, I was sad, honestly, um, but it was almost like a weird relief. Um, it was just – it was a good separation all around. Um, I love everyone there, um, but it was there was just this peace that washed over me. I mean, I I feel like I had like t- I cried for like ten minutes, and it was my drive home. And so when I got home that day, I found myself in prayer and just of in thanks, like a prayer of thanks, and just like I was in a state of joy. And mm-hmm. I'm like, how in the world? And I was just fully trusting in the Lord, and I was so excited for the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was going to be called just to stay home, honestly. Um, (laughs) I truly thought that, and for about three seconds, because within three days, I had two job offers that I didn't apply for. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in shock about that. Um, I took a week to pray and ask for guidance on that direction, Um, and I ended up choosing the one that actually offered less money. And funny enough, I had a better feeling about it, and that is why I chose to work at our local fan fairgrounds mm-hmm. as the community impact coordinator. Mm-hmm. So, which we'll get back to that too. I'm almost done. I promise, guys. This is really long. It's great. <laughs> um, thanks. But uh, <laughs> now this is kind of where it gets a little freaky. Um, when I was in Texas, I kind of this is where I was really feeling the nudge back to go back into full time ministry. Um, I it was actually put on my heart to go back to the church specifically, and in my old position, um, and to ask about my old position mm-hmm. because it was never filled. It was filled by a volunteer who did a great job, um, Beth Pugh. Um, she did good, but you know. She was just a volunteer, and she was doing it to help out. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was fighting it. Um, I did not agree with some of the things that were happening um, at that time. Uh, I didn't think that they would even want me back. Um, and I really dug my feet into the ground and I went on for a couple of months. Um, and if you notice, I'm really bad with timelines, so it might not have been a couple of months. I don't even know when I, I mean, started like anymore. I know <laughs> everything's just one blob. What? <laughs> um, so all of a sudden though, um, we had a change in leadership, uh, the old pastor was asked to leave and a new one came on and I was hearing great things about this new one. Um, and I was just like, Lord, is this truly what you want? Mm -hmm. And he asked me to lay down my pride and to stop fighting him and to go and to trust him. There's a point where you heal. Yeah. And you were just healed. Yeah. And you were like, I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go back. Yes. Cause I did not, when, when I was feeling the call, obviously God saw what was coming. Mm -hmm. I didn't see what was coming. So I'm like, I can't do it under him. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. And so, um, I called one of our transition team members and I'm like, and I'm not kidding you. She was so excited. So it made me feel good. <laughs> um, and a couple of days later I had an interview and I was asked my testimony and all of a sudden I just started sobbing. I couldn't, I'm not even kidding. I didn't even get one sentence out. Oh. I don't think. And I, I think this guy's never met me before and he thinks I'm a moron or a nut job or something. It's probably tough. Uh, well, honestly. He, he ended up saying, um, he goes, I, I think you're so emotional because you were meant to come back here. That's what, uh, I was trying to thought. <laughs> and some, and so somehow I got the job again and it's better than ever before. And it's just a completely different vibe. Not because, but not because of anything. The Lord has changed yes. you. Yes. And he's put like, it's, it's almost is like, you're just coming back full circle. Yes. It's like, I gotta, you, you gotta go through these things. Yeah. And now you're back. Yeah. And just like the kids, it's like, it's weird. It's like a different group of kids mm -hmm. even, mm -hmm. but it obviously it is a different group of kids, but we're getting kids that walk there by themselves. Yeah. You very needy. Yes. But like sadly needy. Children. Like they're going through things. Yes. Um, cause our church is right beside a, apart well, a couple apartment complexes that are known for, um, not good things. Yeah. And it, yeah. And so these are the kids from there yeah. and they walk there by themselves. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this right. is crazy. For me, that's exactly, that's where Jesus would be. Yes, so exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's, it's so, it's so easy to fall in love with these kids. Mm -hmm. So I like cry every Sunday now, <laughs> um, but um, so there's no way I could have. Oh, so this so back to the so this is how it ties in with the fairgrounds and why I felt led to take this position too. I couldn't have done both. I couldn't have even thought to take on the uh, children's ministry position if I would have taken the other job. Yeah, the flexibility of the fairgrounds is insane. And, um, and he, my boss there is also great. And he just is like, okay, go do, like, go do what you need to do. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. It's the Lord provided these two jobs for you. Yeah. Complement each other. Yes. Like just in your daily life. Like yeah. they're, they're manageable. Yes. 
Um, so that's really where I am today. And I think the main reason this was put on my heart to share, um, is because everyone knows my testimony from the infertility point of view, but no one really knows everything around it. Um, yeah, like the bigger picture. And even like, like if we're going back from when you wrote that blog, what, three years ago now? Is it the first one? The very first, I think it's two. Two years ago? Yeah. Okay. Even so our testimony is constantly mm-hmm. changing and so it's like an update yes even. Like, okay so now here's where I'm at yes and I give the glory to the Lord yes yeah. yes yeah so in like two more years we might be hearing back <laughs> well it's it's true I I think that we and not that I I see like how your testimony when you're younger and it's changing we we look on these things and just go wow look at the Lord is good and you see the common yes. thread through it all yes and it it does it is gonna change yeah and that's that's a good thing yes <laughs> um but yeah. I just kind of lost my spot. It's okay, though. Oh, but, oh, this is what something I really wanted to point out here because it might sound crazy, but infertility was, dare I say, the blessing that brought everything together for me. Mm. Um, it was what made me realize that this life is so much bigger than myself. Um, it's about being with the body of Christ and serving him. It's about handing over everything to him and saying, what will you will, what do you want me to do? And I trust you with it. Um, it's about realizing that when you hand over your dreams and your desires, he makes them into something so much more than you could ever imagine for yourself and done for yourself. And so now my life is fully rooted in Jesus and serving and loving his people and to plant this help plant the seed and to grow and mend the body and i'm just glad that i was brave enough to say that here i am send me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's all i got wow okay <laughs> really like that's like i was saying you're hearing legitimate responses from me because some of this i didn't know um it just gives me a glimpse into your heart and that's I hope that's what everyone takes away from this uh, it, one that you just give Jesus all the glory in your life but two just a glimpse at what we think what we think is a trial in life and is very legitimately a trial mm-hmm. how faithful the Lord is mm-hmm. and what I admire most about you one of the things I admire <laughs> most about you is how you can look at that trial and go and God is still good mm-hmm. and how you just you give him the worship and that's ultimately probably one of the things that like drew me to it was like this girl's for real (laughs) (laughs) okay thanks (laughs) oh my gosh but now I feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulder I think this is something I've been needing to do and for a while so we'll be right back with your midwest mean (laughs) and we are here with your midwest mean I'm gonna have to kind of explain this one to you you know memes have a picture often and in this picture (laughs) laughing there's this little girl who is being she's dressed up for halloween and there's snow on the ground okay now i'll read the meme (laughs) when you want to be the little mermaid for halloween but live in the midwest this girl has her little mermaid costume on a winter coat over it a beanie hat her foot up and gloves and she's just so mad (laughs) 
So she just, you know, Little Mermaid's wearing her her out, you know, you know what Ariel wears. <laughs> she can't be Ariel. Like you can't do it. You can't Olivia, truly be Ariel. It's true. And I remember one year Halloween. I think I was even like in kindergarten. Yeah. Even. Like that's how far back this is. My mom, I was so mad it, it snowed. Yeah. And I, she made me put a coat on over that costume. I threw a fit. I was like, no, I can't <laughs> Oh my gosh. And we didn't even hit that many houses that night because it was so cold. My dad was like, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, I grew up with the parents that didn't allow trick or treating. (laughs) (laughs) Except, so my siblings never did. I think they probably did what I did and ended up going with your friends when you're a little older. Um, But I got my mom to take me to my great grandma who lived down the road, so like a (laughs) mile. And I had a Veggie Tales mask. Oh my God. So I was Larry the Cucumber (laughs) for that Halloween. Oh, my gosh. But, hey, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And um, we're just so thankful for all of you. And we hope you feel loved this week. And we'll be back soon. See ya.